Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Our NFL insider breaks down the Rams' NFC Championship win. And what is next for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Cincinnati Bengals were touchdown underdogs. It was the Kansas City Chiefs game to lose. And guess what? They lost it. The Bengals came back from 18 points down to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Joe Burrow, 27 to 24. They pulled some magic in KC. Joining me now from Locked on Bengals, Jake Lisko. And Jake, this is a win that is going to reverberate in Cincinnati sports history. It was the offense and the defense that got this job done in the second half. How were they able to make this comeback? I, I would take my hat off to the defense, but you're right. It's every phase of the game for Cincinnati executed, especially in the second half. The first half, Kansas City's on fire. It looks like playoff buzzsaw Patrick Mahomes, who has mowed down the AFC for the last three years and two weeks. And instead, the defense somehow in the second half did what I thought was undoable. They held Patrick Mahomes to three points in the second half again twice in one year and just hats off to the Lou Anarumo coach defense. A lot of big plays, a lot of players stepping up BJ Hill, tipping a pass to himself, Trey Hendrickson, getting pressure, Sam Hubbard, getting pressures, Jesse Bates and Von Bell combining for an interception. Generally the cornerbacks doing a great job on Tyree kill in the second half. Can't draw up better defensive results than the Bengals got in the second half. And of course, Joe Burrow as ice-blooded as ever on the other side, ready to capitalize. And just one of the the drippiest chains you are going to see. The the fit coming into the game was, right. was absolutely tremendous. I want to ask you about Joe Burrow because he has an approval rating right now that in Cincinnati is probably over 100%, even though that's yep. not possible. It, it seems like he, as much as anything else, has just reinvigorated this franchise. Can you think of a comparable player in, in the Cincinnati sports culture over the, the, the recent history? I mean, I, I felt like I had to go back to maybe Ken Griffey with the Reds to find a guy who had this kind of uh, juice in the city. Yeah, I mean, Ken Griffey Jr., that acquisition for the Reds is certainly one that at the time was seen as momentous. It didn't necessarily have the results that they were hoping for. You can go back to Carson Palmer. He was a previous anointed one for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he's a guy that a lot of Bengals fans, if you ask them specifically about 2005, feel like should have won them a Super Bowl. His yeah. knee got shredded, never really got back to that level. Joe Burrow's knee got shredded, and the very next year, he's surpassed that level. He's in the Super Bowl in his second year, defying all odds, as you said, Peter. And I know Joe Burrow doesn't want to be seen as an underdog anymore, but the fact is, is in this season, when he's been three point dog, a three-point underdog or worse, he's undefeated. I think now 7-0 and oh, and doing it on the biggest stage is a guy... Loves the brightest lights 
and and seems to thrive in that situation. By the way, the LA Rams have opened as four point favorites against the Cincinnati Bengals. There you go. So if you're looking for an angle, that is a great one to play. I, I like that idea, man. He's he's not only covering as great quarterbacks do, but he's also winning as the elite quarterbacks do. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Locked On insider Isaiah Stanback breaks down a dramatic NFC Championship game. Coming up next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Las Vegas Raiders have hired Josh McDaniels as their next head coach. I'm your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast with your breaking Raiders news. And the Raiders have been searching long and hard for a new general manager and new head coach. There's a lot of speculation that went on in the last few weeks. And ultimately, it comes down to the Patriot way. Dave Ziegler has been hired to be the new general manager of the Raiders. And he turns around and hires Josh McDaniels, who's the current offensive coordinator of the Patriots. And Josh McDaniels got to town on Friday, had dinner with Mark Davis and the Raiders uh, upper brass and they had a really good dinner then they went in the interview mode on saturday and from all accounts everything went really really well so the next phase of raider football will be led by dave ziegler and also josh mcdaniel so it's official like a referee's whistle that the patriot way is coming to the desert the new york giants also tabbed the new head coach agreeing to terms with Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable. The New York Giants have their new head coach. Hi, everybody. This is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And the Giants have made it official. They have hired 46-year-old former Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable as the new head coach, the 22nd head coach in New York Giants franchise history. Now, the move doesn't come as a surprise. Dable was thought to be the favorite all along. He was the first candidate to get the initial interview. He was the first candidate to get the second interview with uh, the management team, which included new general manager Joe Shane, who of course has ties with Buffalo, and team ownership John Mara and Stephen Tisch. Now, the other thing about Brian Dable that was very attractive to the Giants is his work with the Buffalo Bills offense, and in particular, quarterback Josh Allen, who's one of the brightest quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the rising stars, if if not amongst the stars of the young quarterbacks. The Giants have been looking to get Daniel Jones untracked, and on Wednesday during Joe Shane's introductory press conference, John Mara said that basically, quote, we've screwed up this kid, being Daniel Jones, every which way possible, end quote. So in Brian Dable, the Giants are hoping to get their offense on track and start getting the team back into the win column, which they haven't really seen a whole lot of since winning the Super Bowl in 2011. The Baltimore Ravens joined the weekend hiring frenzy by welcoming Mike McDonald as their new defensive coordinator. The Baltimore Ravens find their new defensive coordinator. This is Kevin Allstriker, the host of Locked On Ravens. Baltimore, after going through their searching process, has landed on a new defensive coordinator in former University of Michigan defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. McDonald comes in and replaces Don Martindale as the leader of that Baltimore defense. McDonald actually spent the first seven years of his professional coaching career in Baltimore under John Harbaugh, working in a bunch of different roles. Then he goes to Jim Harbaugh at the University of Michigan, turns that defense around Michigan, making the college football playoffs this past season. And now he returns to the organization where he started 
in the Baltimore Ravens. And this is an A-plus hire, in my opinion. Someone who will bring a fresh mindset, is an innovative mind, and really has an adaptability part to him that I think this Ravens defense will love. Adjusting in-game things, which I think is great. And as he kind of gets a handle on this personnel group, and as he shapes his defense, I think this will be a hire that many look back on and think it was the right decision. And LeBron James watched as the Atlanta Hawks beat the L.A. Lakers for their seventh straight victory. The ailing superstar will be out until the swelling goes down, says Lakers head coach Frank Vogel. LeBron missed his third consecutive game playing with left knee soreness. But we still have to give the Hawks some credit. Hello, friends. My name is Brad Rowland. And Atlanta Hawks have now won seven consecutive games, almost climbing back to 500 after a slow start this season as they knock off Los Angeles Lakers on this Sunday afternoon by a final score of 129 to 121. It was a brilliant close to this contest for Atlanta. They were down by 10 at the end of the third quarter and then closed 38 to 20 in the fourth to come from behind and get this victory. Akongwu was fantastic off the bench in this game, 15 points, a bunch of dunks, I believe five dunks in the fourth quarter. Fornyeka in his second season. Trey Young was big and big moments for Atlanta as he often is. John Collins had a huge game, particularly in the first half, and uh, lots of defense in the fourth quarter. Now, it was always, uh, not always perfect, we should say, defensively in this game, but the fourth quarter, they got a lot of stops, held the Lakers down to seven to point two from the floor in that fourth period, and a lot of positives take away from this one. No rest, though, for the Hawks as they turn around and face the Toronto Raptors at home on Monday in a back-to-back. -back. A test there, for sure, but the Hawks are now riding high with seven games in a row in the win column. And in an incredibly intense final at the Australian Open, Rafael Nadal secured his 21st Grand Slam title, a record-breaking victory. He defeats Daniil Medvedev, the second seed, 2-6-6-7-6-4-6-4-7-5 in an incredible five hours, 24 minutes, the second longest ever Grand Slam final. And it is the first time in the illustrious Rafa Nadal's career, he has had to come back from two sets down in a Grand Slam final. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your football action this season. How about some basketball betting for your Monday? John Moran and the Memphis Grizzlies head on the road to the city of brotherly love to take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Betonline.ag likes the Sixers by three and a half. Points are figured to come in bunches on this Monday night matchup between the Golden State Warriors and Houston Rockets. BetOnline.ag has set the over-under line at 230.5. And on the college hardwood, Duke has a treacherous road test against Notre Dame. BetOnline.ag likes the Blue Devils on the road by 5. For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. Matthew Stafford is heading to the Super Bowl. Locked on NFL insider Isaiah Stanback breaks down the Rams' victory over the 49ers with Locked On's Daniela Bruce. Matt Stafford in the Los Angeles Rams and Jimmy Garoppolo in the San Francisco 49ers. This one. It was a big game for both of them. These teams don't like each other. They wanted to get to the Super Bowl, and the Rams have lost six straight to um, the 49ers. So this was definitely a big one for them. And they went down 10 at one point in this game. Isaiah obviously made the comeback. What would you see from the Rams? What, what switch flipped for them? 
Yeah, it was kind of crazy. The Rams seemingly didn't have anything going. Uh, Matthew Stafford seemed to have his velocity wasn't on point. His accuracy wasn't there. They had a lot of missed opportunities in terms of drop balls and overthrown balls. Uh, Tyler Higby went down. Uh, so they had a lot of things going against them. Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers, you, everybody knows what their identity is. They're going to come in, ground and pound you, beat you up at the line of scrimmage. And they seemingly, for the most part, had that under control. Aha. Until the Rams started catching a little bit of fire. They had a couple drives where they went out there and put some points on the board and then as you approach towards the end of the game their big dog stepped up and made plays they were able to shut down the running game on the interior defensive line uh, they weren't allowing Debo Samuel Elijah Mitchell to get those big plays on the ground like they typically like to and then they had forced Jimmy Garoppolo now in that position to have to throw themselves into a victory and unfortunately they weren't unable to do that there's a guy on the name by the name of Aaron Donald who just happens to want to win a Super Bowl ring kind of the best player in the NFL he decided to take over and that was that yeah, we're going to get to Aaron Donald, but I want to start with Matt Stafford, and that might yeah. be selfishly. I'm a Detroit girl, so one year ago today when the big trade happened between the Lions and the Rams, I can tell you this, it's it's a divide. It's a very big divide, actually, here in Detroit yeah. of whether you root for Matt Stafford or not. I am team Matt Stafford all the way. I am so excited yes. for him to be in the Super Bowl, and he said at the beginning of all of this, right after the trade, that he wanted to play in big games, and boy, he gets to play in the biggest one of the season. Yeah, they went all in when they when they made this trade for Matthew Stafford. They obviously traded away Jared Goff. They did a, a clean swap on that, but they also gave up two first-round picks and a third-round pick. So a lot of people were shocked. A lot of people were, were amazed as to why they would give up so much draft equity. But this is the exact reason why. They got their man. They have Matthew Stafford. He's running, he's running this team. He's put them in a position to be successful. Obviously, won today's ball game and now has the opportunity to go out there and take care of business in the ultimate game, the Super Bowl, which he has not had in his career. I'm sorry about that there i know d <laughs> you know i actually I, I said it on twitter too i i was tearing up a little bit watching him in his post-game interview he's headed to the super bowl and it was mostly happy tears but the one percent was like oh, what could have been you know yeah, yeah. but it's good for him it's great and you mentioned that um the rams went all in this year matt stafford wasn't the only addition that they made they picked up obj and then they also added von miller to a defense that was already pretty lethal so what did you see from those guys and how big were those additions OBJ absolutely came in and he's been playing well obviously the last six or seven games of the season uh, as you look at his stats today he had nine for 113 yards that is dominant you know you pair that up with Cooper Cup's ability to have 11 for 142 and two touchdowns it makes it really difficult for defenses to stop these guys um, obviously they lost their tight end um, today but the other tight end stepped up um, in the form of Kendall Blanton he did a great job and filled in in that role so these guys were able to get a running game going and then once they got that ground game going you have those receivers out there it makes it really difficult difficult to stop these guys coming up Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense were shut down in the second half after an almost perfect first half how big a choke job was it if at all and where do they go from here Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it makes it easier for you to feel like you're putting good stuff in your body while also eating something that tastes delicious. I ordered a box of the coconut brownie, and I had got them a couple months ago, almost a year ago now, and I hadn't had them in a while. I forgot just how delicious they are. I mean, I was like blown away all over again at how good they are. You, you If you think that, that that's hyperbole, go try them. I'm telling you, go try them. They are unbelievable. And yet, 
high in high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar, low in cows. It's everything you want from a food because it tastes great and fuels your body. Right now, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. That's Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The Kansas City Chiefs had a 21-10 halftime lead and they fall to the Cincinnati Bengals 27-24 in overtime. Joining me now from Locked On Chiefs, Chris Clark. And Chris, this was a game that the Chiefs had control of from start to almost finish. And it was two Patrick Mahomes turnovers in the second half that really changed this football game. Put into perspective, there's been a plenty of, of heartbreaking losses for the Chiefs over the years. Put this one in perspective for me. You know, I it's really hard for me to call this a heartbreaking loss. I think it is heartbreaking in some regards, but I think I would argue with your point of the Chiefs having this until the very end because I really felt going into the into halftime when the Bengals held them at the goal line, that started shifting momentum, and then Kansas City comes out and does three and outs, and you just felt like a shift was coming. And unfortunately, it went the wrong way for Kansas City, and so many times you have – the ball go the wrong way for you. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you can't throw interceptions in the playoffs. You can't throw uh, interceptions in the AFC championship and expect to win. And both of those throws were bad decisions on his part. And I think that's really the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this game is a guy that has looked like he is just ungodly at times. And I hate using that word, but that's the reality of it. Yeah. Uh, And he just completely came out and, struggled in the second half and I mean the whole team looked different in the second half turnovers were part of the story in the middle of the season when this offense looked like they were still trying to find themselves they were trying to figure it out sometimes it was as simple as don't let the ball hit your hands Tyreek Hill and then bounce into a defender's arms but this was a game for for Patrick Mahomes where he he did not play well in the second half they gave up an 18 point lead in this game how concerned are you that this is part of the the identity moving forward of this team, that they're going to go through these stretches where they're they're sloppy, they're turning the ball over, and they take their foot off the gas? I guess I'm not as concerned about it, and I know that probably sounds a little uh, different than what you would expect, but I guess I'm not that concerned about it because the one thing that I've seen from Patrick Mahomes week in and week out and year in and year out is he always picks something to improve on from one year to the next. And he made two horrible decisions. Well, three horrible decisions. The throw at the goal line was one. The two interceptions were the others. And really, you can say what you want about Tyree Kill not catching that ball on the interception. But it was a great play by Jesse Bates, one. But two, he should have never been in a position to catch that, to be intercepted, because there was no business throwing into double coverage in that scenario. Uh, and that is what Mahomes has to get figured out for next season is – you know, one of the stats that came out after the Bengals game is they dropped eight into coverage a lot. And yeah. that is going to be something that he is going to have to figure out in the offseason. He's going to have to get to the point where he just knows, I'm going to take what the defense gives me. You saw it earlier in the game when he had that huge play to Michael Hardman. He saw the safety rotate down and he took the shot. That's fine. Do that. Don't throw into double coverage when you don't need to. Uh, you just put, you put the team in a bad situation if, if it comes up as an interception and – you know, the the payoff is, yeah, you're in, you know, field goal range and close to being in a touchdown range, but it just, it didn't make sense to me on, on that specific play. 
I know that it's going to feel a little bit like picking nits here, um, but with the way the Super Bowl went and the way that this game ended and giving up an 18-point lead in this one, how how much do you think the Patrick Mahomes shine has taken a hit over the last two years? I think it's definitely taken a hit, but I think you look at the Super Bowl loss and he was still out there doing things that we've never seen quarterbacks do. I mean, he threw the ball when he was perpendicular to the field, <laughs> hit the guy in <laughs> the helmet, true. hit the guy in the face mask, and he dropped it. So I'm not saying he is perfect because he's not. Uh, you know, I've already said, you know, just here, he had huge mistakes in this game. But you look at that game last year, the offensive line was absolutely trash. Uh, injuries killed them and they just couldn't block anybody. Uh, so, you know, props to Tampa Bay for being able to take advantage of that. And Tampa Bay also showed that you can slow Mahomes down if you do, you know, two safety sets. And they struggled with that at times this year. I do think that's something that he's going to get figured out for next year. And I do think that, uh, you know, if you add another weapon to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, and, and who knows who that's going to be, I think this is a completely different team going, you know, going forward because I think that's going to help take pressure off Mahomes and the rest of the players. And finally, a team deemed the most likely landing spot for Ben Simmons before the NBA trade deadline has ceased pursuing the derelict superstar. The Sacramento Kings have broken off talks with the Philadelphia 76ers, citing too steep an asking price as the reason. Sources say the Kings do not believe a pathway to a trade exists, despite their roster representing one of the best options for Philly to make a trade. Ben Simmons may not be moved in season, after all, coming up Tuesday, we'll take a look at more hoops. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.